0: You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, a weekly podcast that brings the humanities to today's food dialogue by showcasing everyday people trying to make a difference. This show is part of the Back to the Future series. I share stories from family farmers, conservationists, and artisans who spend their lives conserving agri-food traditions in hope of a simpler world. Today we're speaking with Ross Midgley, Program Manager of Culinary Hospitality and Tourism at the Culinary Institute of Canada, about new ideas and old favourites with root vegetables, and about food skills as a way of life. Welcome, Ross. Thank you. Lovely to have you here. Ross, if we could just start out by telling everyone what the Culinary Institute of Canada is.
0: So we are a a competency-based, industry-driven school that's connected to Holland College, which is a post-secondary institute here in Prince Edward Island. We began in 1983. Uh, We have about 180 students, two-year diploma program. Uh, in culinary arts, it's based on sort of classical uh, cooking techniques, as well as, you know, understanding different rotations, uh, classes in butchery, classes in, you know, uh, salad and garmanger preparations, classes in baking and pastry arts. Our graduates really sort of, uh, they'll go directly out into food industry at all levels, uh, restaurants, you know, sort of more industrial cooking or wherever there's a need. For culinary artists, this is where our students kind of get to.
1: That's so exciting to have the Culinary Institute of Canada. And you had said it's competency-based. So that means graduates really have a skill set. And I think that that focus that you mentioned is really important. When you master those skills, you're really in a position for that artistry, right? You want to know, well, what can I do with pastry? What can I do with uh, vegetables or meats or what have you? So you've been talking about culinary artists and we do hear the term culinary art. You're an insider as a culinary artist. What does this mean to you?
0: So I mean, it's really a, a broad basket to dump things into, and what I mean by that is the art side is sort of easy to understand. That you know, as as humans, uh, whether we're at home or we're we're in a restaurant, wherever we are, we employ all of our senses when when we eat and when we encounter food. And sort of the jumping off point or the first sense that gets employed is visual. You know, so we look at a, a plate and how it's laid out, and and there is a tremendous amount of creativity. Uh, at all levels of food service that, that work on that presentation side. I think that's part of what goes into this basket of culinary art. But I think for me, having uh, practiced this art for a long, long time, it has as much to do with a, a commitment to a, a craft. I mean, there's an artisanal way about food and that artistry or that that a, the artisanal connection is about practicing the craft over and over and over again. You know, an artist, uh, whether they're a visual artist or a musical artist or a culinary artist, what all of those humans are doing is committing to a way of life, to something that has existed uh, sort of since forever. And I think that's very true as a culinary artist. So we spend time here at the, at the Institute linking where food has come from and you know how cultures enjoy food around the world and there there is a, a real artisanal walk wherever you are at whatever level of food service that is connected to a past and i think making that link makes it possible to develop something that is is beautiful to look at beautiful to enjoy but has as much to do with sort of paying homage to where it's come from
1: Wonderful. As you were speaking, I felt I was in an art gallery uh, taking in uh, a masterpiece because it's the same. It's, it's a comment on the human experience.
0: But very much so. food,
1: that that's an option for expression, either as the creator, or as the consumer. I just think it's a beautiful part of life. Well, I'm so glad you joined us on the show, Ross, is that um you're a master and we're learning so much from you talking about your craft. So transitioning now to a small dimension of the craft, it's uh, fall, colder weather's coming and we're starting to think of hearty foods, warm foods and this includes root vegetables. So when I was thinking about the show, there's certain things that we think of all the time and they get all sorts of glory, but the root vegetable, um, you know, is a, a staple but often overlooked. What are some of the unique features of a root vegetable or and what are they?
0: Well, I mean, I think root vegetables are the workhorses, of, <laughs> uh, you know, of, of our diet. And this is truly uh, in, in very many places of the world. Um, If you if you think of anything that that grows, typically they grow under the ground or or very, very close to the ground. So it would include, you know, certainly potatoes and carrots and things like that that are that are under the soil. Squashes, turnips, those sorts of things are all reasonably affordable. And there is no question that uh, our our food prices continue to to skyrocket. But these these wonderful root vegetables uh, also offer up really truly their their whole self you can basically consume squash in its entirety or a potato there might be a little bit of skin or a bit of peel that has to come off but otherwise they are they are there for us to use in their entirety at a reasonably good price and they take other flavors incredibly well and other techniques you know they're uh they're porous They uh, can be broken down in all sorts of variety of of heat methods and, you know, boiled and pureed or roasted, and that will bring out different characteristics, but it can all be used. I think that makes them kind of unique.
1: Yeah. Very generally affordable. Generally. Um, Yeah. Wide variety of uses, hardy and um, readily available because there's lots of varieties that grow well in Canada. What are some varieties of root vegetables that really do well here?
0: Well, I mean, I'm talking to you from Prince Edward Island, so certainly the potato. Um, I I am a huge fan of uh, of squash and and uh, turnip. Whether it's a you know a sweet or a rutabaga, they're they're basically the same thing. I think that Canada probably is as good a growing region as anywhere in the world for these uh, for these root vegetables.
1: Very interesting. And you can get so into them. Like You can start to really become interested. And this is part of this artistry, either in the creation or the consumption. The intensity of tasting the difference between them is very, very central perceptual. So really, really interesting. So what I'd love to know now is what is some of your favorite nostalgic ways to prepare root vegetables?
0: So first of all, I came from my, my parents were both uh, physicians and uh, my mom had four kids, there were four of us. She hated cooking, absolutely, which is so unusual for a chef to come from that kind of a household. But uh, my mom had a few things that happened all the time every year. So we've just come through uh, Thanksgiving weekend uh, here. And when my mom was around, one of the things that I remember, she made this turnip dish. And really what it was, it was a rutabaga that she was using, which I don't know that she ever would have known the word, and it doesn't matter. (laughs) But off came the peel. It would get diced up. She would boil, you know, large diced turnip in water with salt, then kind of strain it out with a potato masher, would just kind of give it a, a good crush up. She would add apple sauce, a little bit of breadcrumbs, a pinch of cinnamon, some grated Parmesan cheese. I'm just, this is by memory. I don't really have it down and one or two cooked eggs. And then the whole thing would be baked as a, you know, a nice gratin, uh, maybe with a little bit more cheese on top and then served alongside a a turkey or other, you know, other items on our harvest table. And to this day, I I still pull that one out and try to make it like my mom made. Um, It changes every single year, which is one of the brilliant things of art in general, but particularly culinary art, that it will always be a little bit different, but certainly evocative of memory and and those certain things. That's exactly what, what nostalgia is.
1: Yes, for sure. What's one of the most creative ways that you have seen root vegetables transformed?
0: So one of the things that was fun for me as a, as a chef in the industry, and I, I've worked at a, you know, lots of varieties of restaurants is to try and employ kind of culinary techniques that can make that vegetable sing in, in different ways, but present them as uh, a bit of a combo. So think about a trio or sort of four ways, four takes on a, on a turnip. Well, what could those be? And then presenting them all together. So you're getting this really interesting study of, you know, this vegetable can be silken. You're enjoying the puree part of how we've dealt with the vegetable sitting atop maybe is like your roast instead of a steak or a piece of chicken breast. We have this beautiful roast piece of squash that's sitting there. Now, maybe we've uh, got a little bit of raw in there, you know, finally, finally sliced matchsticks that will be kind of a little nest on top. I think that that. Really opens people's minds to the creative kind of possibilities behind some of those lowly veggies. So I love that. I love the idea of doing a you know a, tr- a trio or more uh, with the same with the same vegetable.
1: Very interesting. I I, th- I would never have thought of taking the same single thing and serving it as a dish as you've just described. What we really are paying attention to is the experience and the taste and also the story of that root vegetable. And so it is an artistic experience, like the painting, like the music, whatever. And how exciting that we have people in Canada, such as yourselves and all the students at the Culinary Institute of Canada, dreaming up these things and working this craft so that we get to have this experience and this conversation. So after the break, we'll discuss the importance of culinary traditions with Ross Midgley from the Culinary Institute of Canada. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill.
0: Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast and where you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. You're listening to Food for the Future. We're speaking with Ross Midgley, manager and instructor at the Culinary Institute of Canada about culinary traditions as a way of life. Ross, you've dedicated your life, clearly, to culinary artistry. When did you know that you wanted to create with food?
0: You know, I was a little bit later than uh, many of my peers that get involved with this, and uh, you know, we referenced earlier that uh, I didn't grow up in a in a home that had sort of the the kitchen as its focus, as some as some homes do. I've always enjoyed eating, so that was uh, that was my kind of gateway in. I love tastes, and I always love to try stuff. So that's probably where it started. You know, I'd been working for about a decade before I realized that where I was working, I didn't want to do for my lifetime. So I started to look into myself a little bit more. Now, having kind of come through several decades in in this business, I realized that my original motivator was entertainment, was the use of food art to entertain other people. You know, I've always wanted to be a rock star. It's looking less and less likely in my middle (laughs) 50s that I'm going to get there. But it's the same sort of thing. It's hosting humans and inviting conversation and experience through food, bringing community together and making connections with a past that hundreds and thousands of years uh, predates me and making connections. And I think that, that food and food art and the whole idea around it really makes that possible. It's a, it's a biological necessity. Mm-hmm. But as a result, there is nothing that we do in our human experience that isn't somehow informed by food. Food has taken on something beyond the biological necessity. And that's important to me as a, as a person. And I, I think that's how I knew, knew I wanted to do this.
1: Wonderful. And, you know, um, you'll be the rock star of root vegetables always <laughs> to me, Ross. <laughs> and well, I'm sure great. many other things, but we've only been talking about root vegetables. <laughs> this show is part of the Back to the Future series, and we discuss traditions in agri-food. And I'd love to know from your perspective, Ross, why should we all embrace and seek out culinary arts in our lives?
0: You know, as we're talking, we all we all eat. And there are so many uh, parts of our of our world, and always have been, uh, that affect that, that the whole food chain. So um, if you're going to be eating, then I think that there's opportunities to, to learn about um, how, how we can become better at feeding ourselves and can pull in all sorts of other parts of human expression and challenges that we all face together. Now, let's put it back to the, the humans, to all of us, to figure out how can we plot a course through this challenge that can give us still delicious things to eat that can embrace you know artistry from the past and a connection to our heritage that can also be achieved in you know whatever construct a certain person has on their on their eating and i think the way to do that effectively is to become more informed about food and its production and certainly don't need to get involved in in the food industry for this to be important to to anyone i think
1: Mm-hmm. and and what you just suggested is um just so interesting we all have our own entrance point between. Whether whether we want to focus on nutrition, whether we want to focus on um, traditional ways of growing food, whether we want to be the next innovator of the next thing that's going to improve the food system, that we have our own entrance point to, and based on our time and values and this human unique expression in culinary arts, whatever our entrance point is. And I think that that's wonderful. And so we bring the humanities to today's food dialogue, and you've just given us some really good reasons um, how we all fit into that. The show is called Food for the Future. What can we all do right now using culinary arts to improve the quality of our own lives and to find a brighter way forward together?
0: Well, I think because it is a biological necessity all around the globe, regardless of, uh, you know, upbringing or culture, one of the greatest uh, things that that food as a result of that uh, enables us to do is to learn about other cultures. I mean, truly, uh, aside from the entertainment aspect, I have always been really um, interested in how other people live their lives. And when we have an opportunity to, uh, to break bread, certainly physically with, a, with another culture or new people, um, it's a great way to learn. But even inside the way that we may prepare food just for our families, can be great uh springboards for discussion about our global multicultural world because we all eat i think that food is a uh, is a great sort of entrance point regardless of where we might be on that spectrum to begin talking about bigger issues you know human issues you know in the wine world they use uh, terroir which is what what grows in your backyard what is What is here, and here is going to be different if you're in Prince Edward Island, Canada, than it would be if you're from Oman, or if you're from, you know, a mountainous region in China, or you're from a fishing village in Japan, your terroir is different. I mean, it truly is one of the art forms, and I think that this is true, actually, of of the arts in general, the humanities in general, which is as they spread our um, changes. And when it changes, it becomes something to be very proud of in that certain region where it's changed. And I think that it gives us a great opportunity for deeper human understanding through food, you know, through a very easy, a digestible lens, if you'll pardon the pun, where we can consider how this food has changed as it's come around the world. And there's there's an open-mindedness and it begs the questions, how are we different? Yes. But more so, how are we the same? You're eating something. You love it. You don't know why you love it. You can start talking about it. A couple sentences in, regardless of who you're speaking with, you will learn something about a culture or a region or a climate issue or a scientific uh, point, or a nutrition issue. And all of these things bring us closer together. And ultimately, I think that's the goal.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. We want to be together, and food helps us do that. Yes. Wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us, Ross?
0: I would love to convey to the greater world... Don't be intimidated by what you feel you don't know about food. You've been eating your whole life. Even if you've eaten the exact same meal for 20 years, you have an opportunity to now pick a different sort of route through and don't be intimidated by trying anything that's new. And that could just be in your shopping habits. That could be that you're growing vegetables at home. It could be at any sort of level, but don't be intimidated to get involved and have fun with it. You know, one of the greatest ways to break down barriers is to try things. But yeah, absolutely. Have fun.
1: Don't be intimidated and have fun. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ross, for sharing your expertise and really for all that you do to help our next generation of culinary artists continue to dream. Absolutely. I'm so inspired. So thank you for being here.
0: My absolute pleasure.
1: Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Ross Midgley, Program Manager of Culinary Hospitality and Tourism at the Culinary Institute of Canada about old and new ways to prepare root vegetables and how we can improve our quality of life through culinary art. Each week, to keep old and new agri-food traditions growing in your community, we leave you and your family or friends with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? What could you make using root vegetables? Something to do? Search Culinary Institute of Canada to learn more about one group of culinary artists and the ways their food skill traditions offer global encouragement. Next week on the show, we'll return to the monthly series, Food for Thought. We'll hear big ideas from Sasha McNichol from Prosper Canada about financial literacy and food. Don't miss a show. Subscribe on CuriousCast and all other major podcast platforms. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to the weekly podcast, Food for the Future.
0: Thank you to our platinum elite level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, CuriousCast, and where you get
1: your podcasts.